give the people what they want. Gotta give the people what they need, people. What's going on? Thank you, thank you so much. The governor appreciates that. Oh, sit down. Come on now. This is sports done right. Sit down. Sit down, please. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. You're too kind. Join me as we head to the executive mansion for sports done right tonight on Tuesday, August 4th. Tonight we're going to be getting into a little Big Ten football review, but first the governor has to head into the situation room, so let's do that. Don't worry, just a short walk. Get past this door here. Let Jungle Brother in. We're all good. Welcome to Sports Done Riot. To all those convicted of felonies, I'd like to welcome them to Sports Done Right as well. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me, Vince Wright, the sports governor, here in actually the executive hot tub room tonight. I was kicked out of the, the, well, let's just say I was kicked out the situation room by the kids, but we are rocking and rolling. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Sports Done Right. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. Tonight's show is all about the Big Ten. And to be honest with you, I cannot wait. Big Ten football coming back, college football, NFL, everything is back. I'm actually watching the Dallas Cowboy practice right now. Not a Cowboy fan, but I know a lot of you are out there. So with that being said... 
thanks for tuning in tonight. I really, really appreciate it. So, anyway, I'm on Spreaker tonight. And with that being said, we are going to talk everything Big Ten football tonight. We're going to do all kinds of fun stuff. We're going to have player rankings, position rankings. We're going to talk about Iowa and their head coaching situation. We are going to talk about the my Minnesota Golden Gophers, who you know I love dearly. Sky Yuma to you, Gerald, out there in chat land. Appreciate that, my brother. And Gerald, definitely, um, sometime soon we are going to be talking about your Auburn Tigers as well. I was hoping the first lady would be able to join us tonight, but she is not. She's out on official business. Angie, love you to death, sweetheart. Hope to get back to you real soon. We'll see Angie later this week. But first lady will be joining us as future episodes air. So thanks again. Really appreciate it. And with that being said, a few things I wanted to talk about. Had a fun weekend with the fam. I hope you guys had a great weekend. It was beautiful weather up here in Minnesota. Uh, me and Angie actually went to the 3M Golf Championship, which is the senior tour stop in town. It's a real nice setup because everything's free. Uh, Angie had a friend who got us into the VIP booth for Thriving Financial, so we got to eat and drink for free. And I actually went out and watched the Legends of the Game tournament, got to follow Jack Nicholas, Lee Trevino, and Gary Player. And that was a lot of fun, you know, to see three of the greatest golfers, to be able to interact with them because there was nobody there. The attendance was way down this year as well. So that was a lot of fun. I don't know why the attendance was down so much. It was a beautiful day, beautiful weather, but who knows? We'll see. So I had a lot of fun with the wife. It was real nice because we actually ditched the kids <laughs> for, for a a day and got the hangout so that was real nice and one of the other things that we did that I really like to do with my wife is get ice cream now one of the things that I want to recommend to everybody listening local Grand Old Creamery on Grand Avenue is the best ice cream ever invented maybe one day there'll be a sponsor I hope so until that happens, however, we are going to uh, plug them for free because they're that good. So again, Grand Ole Creamery, the best ice cream in town. So with that being said, we're going to transition into our topic tonight, which is Big Ten football. Now, the Big Ten for many, many years and deservedly so took a shellacking on the national scene. We were getting our asses handed to us by every conference available, and the Big Ten seemed like a conference that was almost playing your grandfather's version of football. Then something happened. The Ohio State Buckeyes is what happened. And in, in literally one year, because of what Ohio State did with not one, not two, but three quarterbacks, they literally single-handedly resurrected the reputation of our conference, the Big Ten. 
now, yeah, the we you know Wisconsin's been good, Nebraska's been good, we, you know Illinois's been up and down. We get that, but this team won the national championship the way they did it by annihilating the Wisconsin Badgers in the Big Ten championship game, and really, really, really just confusing the Alabama Crimson Tide, and quite honestly, putting an ass whooping on them. So. Very impressed with them. You got to love it. You got to love it. Like to say what up to the first lady out there in the chat room with Gerald. I'm sure we'll be hearing from the rest of the crew a little later on. As we move it forward, though, we are going to be talking not only the Big Ten. One of the things that I wanted to talk about as well, I sent a, a message out to the folks in our private chat room over at GroupMe. And a lot of the folks over there from the South, and I asked them if there was anything they wanted to talk about or ask me about tonight. And Gary Joyner wanted to know about Georgia, his beloved Bulldogs. What's going on there? Can the coach survive? Can the coach actually make decent decisions down there? see what happens here with the Buckeyes. Sorry, we had a little technical difficulty as the wire came out. Yeah, I know, I know. Thanks, Angie, filling me in here, but we are back. Got to watch this wire here. Got some loose connections going on. So anyway, that's what's going on here. Big Ten all night long. We're going to hit a couple national teams. We're going to talk college football. It is back. We are ready for it and can't wait. So with that being said, we're going to take a very quick break here. We're going to get started. We're going to get into the Big Ten rankings. We're going to talk about the Big Ten quarterbacks and how they fare up. We're also going to talk about Iowa's coach, uh, Captain Kirk, there as well. See if he can remain viable. Because if Iowa goes 500 again, his job may be in jeopardy. Uh, there are a couple of other jobs as well in Jeopardy, the head coach over at Indiana. And we're also going to see if Penn State can make a, a jump this year as well. So keep it tuned here. Sports done right. Appreciate everybody tuning in. And we will be right back. Me. You 
thought that was a better version of the gopher rouser but i guess not must have hit the wrong button anyway welcome back to sports done right everybody the governor vince wright with a little bit of a sore throat <clears throat> excuse me a little sore throat today but we're back in the mix people have been asking for it so the sports show is back welcome to sports done right live from the twin cities minneapolis st paul minnesota and as we jump into the Big Ten football preview show, who else but my Minnesota Golden Gophers to get things started? So that's what we're going to do. We're going to jump in with the Goldie Gophers. So Jerry Kill, coach at Minnesota. This guy does it all. He deals with seizures. He rebuilds programs. And this summer, he had a lot of work to do, especially on the offensive side. Now, he needed to replace, you know, really two of the best playmakers Minnesota's had here in recent years with David Cobb, who went to the Carolina Panthers, and tight end Max Williams, who was voted the nation's top tight end. So definitely, uh, you know, the... Uh, the thing that Jerry Kill has to do is those two were really the Gophers offensive playmakers. So with those two gone, an inconsistent quarterback and nobody else who's truly stepped up is what's going to create the problems for the Gophers early on this year on the offensive side. I want to say what up to Gary Joyner out there in the chat room. Thanks for joining us, Gary. We're going to be talking about your University of Georgia Bulldogs here soon. So you make sure you want to stick around for that. And who knows, we may even be able to take a damn call tonight. See how the audio goes. Maybe the first lady will call in. Not yet, Angie. I'll cue you. But we'll see if it works until the better equipment and whatnot gets in place. But back to our Minnesota Golden Gophers. So the goal for the Gophers this year is to get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quicker. I heard Jerry Kill on the interview today here on K-Fan Radio, our local sports station, uh, the main sports station in town here. Talk about, along with the quarterback issues, is the offensive line. And what the Gophers need to do is they've, they kind of get punked, for lack of a better term. They get pushed back, which takes away the sideline from uh, Mitch Leidner, the quarterback, and causes all kinds of issues with him and his passing. So this year, the Gopher offensive line really has to kind of bulk up. They got to get some stones in between them legs, push them dudes back, give better sidelines for the quarterback and better protection for the quarterback. That's what's going on. Jerry Kill has really, each year this program has progressed under Coach Kill, and I have total confidence in this guy. Now, if the Gophers ever get to a situation where they are, a top 15 team, will Coach Kill be around? Will he stick around? Will Minnesota pay him the money to keep him around? We're going to find out. 
So the three, you know, David Cobb, like I said, the main running back, he went to Carolina. So we're going to have to look at maybe a redshirt freshman named Rodney Smith stepping up there. There's also senior Roderick Williams who can, who should be able to step in there as well. One of the things that they did do is they took Washburn graduate Jeff Jones, who Washburn is my high school, my alma mater here. And he was an all-state running back, actually won Minnesota's Mr. Football a couple years ago. Couldn't pass the test to get into school and had to basically sit out his first year. So now he's eligible. He passes the test. But ironically, Coach Kill has moved Jeff Jones over to wide receiver. Why? Well, they say they have a, a plenty of running backs. And they want to get this guy on the field because of his athletic ability. Jeff Jones, I, I really hope this works out. I'm a little leery, but I trust in Coach Kill. So if he says Jeff Jones is going over to wide receiver for Minnesota, that's where he's going. And with that being said, they're going to have to find a new running back to step up there for Mr. Cobb. So look for Rodney Smith or Roderick Williams to be stepping in there. As you move over to the defensive side of the ball from Minnesota, things look much better. Defensive coordinator Tracy Clays, who's really one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in this country, has put together a, a defense that used to really be the laughingstock of the Big Ten. Now the Gophers are going to start four seniors in the secondary. That is huge for, for the Gophers and their fans. Now, these seniors in the secondary are going to include the Big Ten cornerbacks, Brian Body Calhoun. Brian Body Calhoun, a fun last name there, hyphenated. And Eric Murray. Body Calhoun had five interceptions last year, and Murray only had one. But a lot of that is because they don't even go in Murray's direction because he's that good. And I think with a shutdown defensive secondary, that's really going to help you when you play a team like an Ohio State, when you play a TCU in the opening game here that's coming up in, a, in about three weeks. It, you know, that's what you're looking for. You're looking for senior leadership, people who know where they're supposed to be and can shut down receivers. And surprisingly, the Gophers are well on their way to doing that. So that's really, really good. Gophers ranked ninth in the Big Ten in sacks last year. They averaged just over two a game. They should have a better pass rush this year. And defensive end Hank Ekpe, I think that's how you say his name, E-K-P-E. -E. He was sick last year. He had some type of infection, a sinus infection or something that ironically kept him out all year. He's going to be back. Theron Cochran had seven and a half sacks in 2013. He's going to be back. And Damien Wilson, who's now gone, but the but coordinator Clay does like his linebacking core for the Minnesota Gophers. And the you know the Gopher defense should really really be solid. So we're very excited here for the defense. It's going to take the offense a little while to get going, but you know. It's gonna just gonna take some time, and of course we'd like to say what up to our main man, Jungle Brother. Don't call him by his government name, 
So I won't. What up to you, Jungle? Glad you joined us here in the mansion. Actually, not in the Situation Room. We're in the hot tub room tonight. Kind of enjoying a nice Minnesota night, letting that air flow through. And enjoying a beautiful evening here in the Twin Cities. So let's wrap it up here on my hometown team, my alma mater. I'm a proud graduate of the university myself. So Jerry Kill has really done a heck of a job here in Minnesota. We're, we're very happy he's here. I hope he doesn't leave. I hope he can stay here the rest of his career, to be honest with you. You know, uh, if, if the team can improve and he can be that coach and maybe one day have a statue outside TCF Bank Stadium, nothing would please me more. Minnesota's got a lot of good fans. And I don't want to say we deserve it, but the, the, the Gopher Nation, the Gopher fans are really itching to improve. Now, we haven't won a bowl game since 2004. We got to the Citrus Bowl last year, which was our first january uh, first bowl in forever basically i don't think we've won a bowl game since we ironically beat at the alabama in the old music city bowl back in the early 2000s so for the gophers to truly improve here's what's going to have to happen number one improve quarterback play from mitch leidner that goes without saying uh one of the things that he does is the coach said today in that interview on K-Fan is that he really beats himself up and he's got to stop doing that. You got to move on to the next play. Okay, I threw an interception. Of course you didn't mean to do it. You got to move on. But you're right. Just wanted to say, Jungle Brother, the Gophers do have a great stadium. Hopefully you can check it out sometime in person with us. Now, Jerry Kills, last year's Big Ten Coach of the Year. And with... Teams like TCU and Ohio State on the schedule, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Michigan. It's going to be a tough haul. It's tough, tough, a tough haul this year. Excuse me. So the coaches, they believe they got enough talent at running back to replace David Cobb. They don't have a a, a backup for Max Williams, so the tight end, tight end position is wide open. And you know, Mitch Leidner. He was a pivotal part in five Big Ten wins last year, but he does need to be more consistent. And if the offense can find their way, so to speak, as it says here in, in the report I'm reading, AthlonSports.com, I love how they put this. The Gophers, this won't be a fun team to play. They got a chance to be really, really good. It's going to take some luck. It's going to take some some key bounces their way. And also the Gophers have always had a tendency to get stupid penalties at the wrong time. That's another thing that's going to have to stop as well. So with that being said, my Minnesota Golden Gophers, I'm looking for a big year. I'm looking for an improved year for the quarterback. And with a little luck, this team can be playing for the Big Ten West Championship, I believe. Anyway, let's jump back into the chat room here before we take our break. Uh, oh, I see we got a new member, my main man, Mugga. What's going on, Mugga? Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you stopping by Sports Done Right. Hope everybody had a good weekend. I did. 
Anybody see Power out there by chance? Man, Power is lighting it up. I love that show so much. If you have not watched Power, please start with season one and check it out. Man, I never, ever, ever thought I'd get into this show as much as I do. But season two of Power is truly off the hook. So keep that in mind. Anyway, may have to try and take a phone call or two here tonight. See if that can work here with this uh, wonderful USB mic that I'm working with. I'm working with my old laptop. That's the other thing, too. So if we do have some issues, I am working with some old equipment until I can get a new uh, laptop. And like I said, until we can get some updated production here as well, which is coming very soon. It's coming very, very soon. But in the meantime, in between time, we all good. We all good. So. Oh, one other thing, too. want to say a big rest in peace to my main man, Rowdy Roddy Piper, who died from a heart attack apparently earlier this week. Man, if you grew up with wrestling and you're my age or around my age or basically 15, 20 years on either side of my age, which is 46, Rowdy Roddy Piper was the ultimate villain. The ultimate wrestling villain. I don't. I can't remember anybody doing it better than Rowdy Roddy Piper. Man, Piper's pit. When he hit Jimmy Superfly Snooker with that coconut upside his head. Man, I'm telling you, nobody did it better than Rowdy. So, Rowdy, wherever you are, I'm sure you're up there. The big wrestling match in the sky. Want to say thank you for the memory, sir. Always loved you as a wrestler. And rest in peace. So, with that being said, folks, we're going to take a quick break here. We're going to jump into a little music. We are going to come back. We're going to jump into the rest of the division. Of course, my Gophers get the primary love here. But when we come back, we're going to jump into the Big Ten West division. It it, it gets kind of beat up. It's not the stronger of the divisions, obviously. It's, it's an afterthought. No longer legends and leaders. It's Big Ten East and West, thank goodness. So we're going to get into that. But anyway, I will be right back. I'm going to handle some business here on my end. You guys get keep that chat room going. And one thing that we're going to do later is we're going to rank, rank the positions, uh, the top five Big Ten quarterbacks, running backs, so on and so forth. So we're going to have a lot of fun here. So keep it tuned to Sports Done Right. And thanks for joining me, people. I really appreciate it. I want to reign over my empire like seas. I want to walk over water and die like Jesus. I want a cheap mileage, yeah, fully loaded, all new features. It's easy to travel the world with a lifetime visa. <laughs> the time of this, oh, this. how damn it, give me focus, give me focus, give me focus. My mind is a weapon, is a weapon. I gotta keep it loaded, keep it loaded, keep it loaded. They all wanna see you whenever you make it. Okay. They all wanna come with your name in the papers. The more that you give them, the more that they take it. Right. So you gotta remember to cover the face. Oh, the empire, oh, 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 the empire. 
fight just to get on for the night. Why do we need this on the cover? Why do we need this on the cover? I want everybody at attention. You could call me Mr. Lights when I visit. If money is the root to all evil, you can see me ball. People never see me ball. Cause I got the time of this. How damn it, keep me focused. My mind is a weapon. See you whenever you make it. They all wanna come with your name in the papers. The more that you give them, the more that they take it. So you gotta remember that cover the best Just to get on for the night. I do anything for the power. La la la, she still fight just to get on for the night. I do anything for the power. I want everybody at attention. attention. You could call me Mr. Lion when I visit. If money is the root to all evil, you can't see me ball. People never see me fall. Power. It's time for this. What's going on, y'all? What's going on? Welcome back to Sports Done Right. Can't wait for Empire to get back this fall as well. But anyway, let's head on over to the chat room. I ain't been in the chat room a long time. I know I do got some requests to play some Shania Twain, so we may be playing a little Shania as we come back. So, Oh, Mugga apparently is the new comedian of the group here. Vince, you're so welcome. Spoke, you're so welcome. Spoke and laugh out loud. Didn't know you had common sense. Oh, boy. Mugga, oh boy, nah, we just gonna move on from you, Mugga. Anyway, saying what up to everybody, Jungle Brother, appreciate you being out there, as always, Angie, my wonderful wife, the first lady, Gary Joyner, <laughs> wanting some of that Shadiah Twain as well, so who knows, we'll see, man, we'll see. I never thought I'd get requests from you brothers for some Shania Twain, but you know, do what you got to do. Anyway, moving on to the Big Ten West. You know, that division always gets put down. Weak teams. Teams that don't matter. Teams that can't win the, the, the big one. And, you know, a lot of that has been true in the past. That is absolutely right. But the thing is, the Big Ten West... Has some good teams. And we're going to see what they can do this year. So, Big Ten West has always been led by the Wisconsin Badgers. 
Wisconsin has a new coach that they're dealing with. They have a new system. And that's always interesting when you bring in a new system. But Wisconsin has proven time and time again that they can adapt. They have great student athletes there. And for a school that's in the middle of Wisconsin to recruit there, it's a great, first off, it's a great campus. I know a lot of people that listen to this show, a lot of people from the Doug Stewart show are Southerners. Why would you want to come up here in the winter, play football, so on and so forth? But let me tell you something. If you had to be stuck on a college campus in a cold weather town, there really is very, there's a few campuses that are better than the University of Wisconsin at Madison. It's that simple. It's that simple. Wisconsin, great state, not really. But the town of Madison, I got to give props to. It's a lot of fun. I've been down there many a times as a Gopher fan. I have a lot of friends that have graduated from the University of Wisconsin. And if I did it over again and actually did good in school <laughs> and, and, you know, actually thought about where I wanted to go to school, I definitely would have added the University of Wisconsin to my cold weather list, so to speak. That's why there's, you notice the schools in the Big Ten that usually recruit. Now, Michigan's kind of slid off a little bit, but Michigan, Penn State, Ohio State, and Madison, and a little bit of Iowa. But those are real college towns, college cities, and they're a lot of fun. I mean, you know, a lot of you brothers are out there in school. You know what college life is all about. Chasing the honeys, having fun. Yeah, you're going to get educated. All schools are good for the most part. So then it just talks about if you're comfortable. And Madison has two beautiful lakes on the campus. Sigma Nu fraternity, my fraternity. The, the frat house there is actually on the lake. They got a boat dock out back for their own boat, or at least they used to. So, man. And, and Jungle, I see you out there talking about Nebraska as well. Nebraska, Lincoln, another fun college town because there's nothing in Nebraska. It doesn't get quite as cold down there in Nebraska as it does up here, so that's a bonus. But again, you can throw Nebraska, I guess, into the cold weather climate. So back to the Big Ten West, Wisconsin, you got Nebraska. You know, Nebraska finished 5-3 and three last year. They were driving to score a winning touchdown against my Golden Gophers, which did not work out as they fumbled the ball, and we recovered, and we love that. But no Bo Pelini anymore down in Nebraska. You know, so that's one of the things they're going to have to deal with, new coach, new system. Nebraska fans are, are truly itching for the turnaround. If, if you can call, I think, what were they, 9-1 and one or whatever it was, 9-2, and two. Uh, not, you know, one of the, the thing is, because I, I, I know a, a lot of Nebraska people, there's actually a group called Minnesota for Nebraskans up here that buy airtime to broadcast Nebraska football games. Their, their fan base is, is actually thriving to be back where they were when they had Tom Osborne. I don't think they can get back to that point of their history. But Nebraska can definitely be a player and will be a player in the West Division. 
We talked about my Gophers. As we move on there, we're going to talk about Iowa and Northwestern. Two programs kind of going in two somewhat different directions. We're going to get into Iowa in depth a little bit because I have some time set aside that I want to talk about their coaching situation with Kurt Ferentz down there. And Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald has done a hell of a job down there. And one of the things that I like about Fitzgerald, he's young, he's eager, he's almost like Harbaugh Jr. He, you know, he's a linebacker, he played for the school, he's a legend down there. He was part of the big turnaround with uh, Darnell Autry when they went on their run for the Big Ten Championships and went to the Rose Bowl. And the thing is with Northwestern is now that they've proven that a smart school can win in football in the Big Ten. We all know Northwestern is borderline. In my opinion, it is an Ivy League school. It may as well be. And to be able to recruit at a school like that takes a lot of extra effort. So one of the things that I like about Fitzgerald is he seems to find the right type of player for Northwestern that can be coached up whether that's a two or three star athlete, he coaches them up. They work within their system to become a good team. So we'll see what, what Northwestern can do. Last year they were four and four, very disappointing four and four as well. And we'll see if they improve on that. Now that kind of brings us to the bottom of the Big Ten West. The Illinois fighting the Illini and the Purdue Boilermakers. You know, I, I, I'm really starting to wonder if Purdue can ever. Th this is what I think of when I when I when I hear Purdue football. Nothing. I I, I don't know what to tell you. I, uh, they have nothing on the horizon. You know, I watched their practice on the Big Ten Network the other day, looking for just one iota of, of, of something that can give me a glimmer of hope that they would improve on their one and seven Big Ten conference record of last year. And I, you know, they may win a, another game or two, but I really don't expect to the Purdue Boilermakers to be any type of factor in anything football for the foreseeable future, and it's sad. I don't know if they got to bring Drew Brees back. or I, Who knows, man, but Purdue football is just shit. And that's, you know, it's just shit. As Illinois back in the early 2000s when they had Ron Zook, they were making moves, they were doing things well, and then the bottom fell out. They were 3-5 and five in conference last year. And again... Illinois is one of those strange schools that it seems like every few years they can put together a team or two and make a nice little run for a couple years and then they go back into obscurity and remain there and don't do anything for a few years. And it's like that roller coaster ride. I've always been interested in why Illinois can't recruit Chicago better. Not that Chicago's a true football hotbed by any means, but there are some players up there. But then again, you're also in a market where you have Notre Dame, 
the other Big Ten schools. And if Illinois can't find the right coaching staff here quickly, they're going to be looking like Purdue West. They really are. So best of luck to, to those squads. The Big Ten West is going to break down this way, in my opinion. I think right now on paper, here are my predictions for how they're going to finish in the West. Big Ten West, I'm going to take Wisconsin, number one. Um, the thing that I like about Wisconsin, if I have to use that term, is that they're just solid. You know, year after year, Barry Alvarez has instilled something ever since he was the coach of that, of that team and has taken over as athletic director that has set the University of Wisconsin apart from many other schools in all regions of the country. Great football, phenomenal basketball team the past few years, as we know. National Final Four runs the past couple years. Championship game last year, lost to Duke. But Wisconsin, and again, this is coming from a Minnesota grad, Wisconsin, as much as I hate to say it, they really set the standards as far as athletic programs go. So I'm taking them number one. Now here's the battle between number two and number three. A lot of people have Nebraska picked number two. I'm going to stick my gopher head out this year, you guys, and I'm going to say, guess what? I'm going with my Minnesota Golden Gophers. The Gophers are going to beat Nebraska again this year. They're going to put themselves in position to try and win back Paul Bunyan's axe for the first time since 2003. We have not beat Wisconsin since 2003. It is way too long, people. It's time to get going. And these Gophers, man, like I said, that defense is going to be tough. If, if Leidner can get the offense in sync early, a few lucky breaks, these Gophers can be positioned to improve on their 5-3 and three conference record and maybe look at uh, possibly getting those 9-10 uh, to 10 win season in there. So look out for the Gophers. I'm going to go with the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers, number two, playing Wisconsin for that championship. And those two teams face off on the last game of the season. <laughs> There's those issues again. We are back having fun. Oh, boy. Loose connections. But anyway. So, uh, number five, or excuse me, number four was Iowa. Number five, I'm going to put Northwestern. I think they find a way to just kind of stay where they are. They're better than Illinois and Purdue. With a little luck, they may move up to number four, I think, maybe ahead of Iowa. If Iowa gets off to a rough start early, if Iowa loses that battle with Iowa State to regain the Cyhawk trophy, 
It could go south for them real quick, but Ira has a, v- a very favorable schedule. They play North Texas State, I believe. They play, I think, Pittsburgh. So they have winnable games early that they should win. So number six, Illinois. And rounding out, number seven, Purdue. And again, no need to, to talk about those schools because they are horseshit. So... I'm going to jump into this chat room and see what's up with my people. What's going on, everybody? Gary Joyner's up in the mix. Gary says Ron Zook was a good coach. Yeah, he Ron Zook was a good coach. He just couldn't keep it going there at Illinois, and it's too bad because I really thought he was going to – I thought he may still be there to this day, to be honest with you, Gary. And I'm very disappointed. I'm an Illinois native, so they do have a soft spot in my heart. And that's just one of the things that really disappointed me, that Zook did not work out there as well. So they let Zook go. I don't. I didn't think they should have, but, you know, they don't want to play. It's, it's Like I said, Champaign's a tough place to recruit to. It's an okay campus, but there's, there's nothing there. So you really got to make sure you have a good squad. You really, really do. So, Jungle Brother in the mix. Gov, you got a better chance of convincing Doug Stewart not to sing than beating Wisconsin. Oh, oh, come on now. You know, we blew that game last year, Jungle. We blew that game. We were up early. We scored them first two touchdowns. We thought everything was good. And unfortunately, you know, that's that's the thing. Schools, teams like Wisconsin, they come back, they win. They're winners. They know how to win. Minnesota, team on the rise, still has to learn how to put a team away when they have them down. And that's the difference between the two, and that's why Wisconsin won last year. So, unfortunately, you know, that's what happens. But this year, I think things may be different, and I really think that the Gophers can really put a scare in Wisconsin and get that damn axe back this year. So... We're going to see what's going on there. So anyway, man, we're going to take a quick break here. I appreciate everybody joining in. May have the first lady actually call in here in a few moments. See if we can take some calls. See how it sounds. It's going to be a test on the air, brothers. We're going to get back. We're going to jump into the Big Ten East, the, the meat of the conference. A lot of interesting things going on in the East, y'all. You know, Harbaugh's back at Michigan. Obviously, can Ohio State repeat? You got Michigan State sitting up there saying, don't forget about us. And also, we got Penn State back, a new coach who's coming off his first season. And we're going to see if Happy Valley is on their way to being happy again. So, thank you for tuning in to Sports Done Right. We're going to take a quick break here. So now's the time. We're going to throw some music on. You guys got to go use the bathroom, grab a little snack. You guys do that. I appreciate you dropping in on Sports Done Right with the Governor Vince Wright. And with that being said, we will be right back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Aye. 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 
Welcome back to Sports Done Right, the great north, the great northern podcast, the sports talk from the twin cities of Minneapolis, St. Paul, Minnesota, and we're going to keep things moving along here. We are doing our Big Ten preview show tonight, and one of the things we just covered was the Big Ten West, we got Wisconsin. And Minnesota are my two picks to take one and two there. 
And on that last game, they'll be playing for the Big Ten Championship. Minnesota and Wisconsin always play on the last game of the year. So with that being said, people, let's move over to the East. Like I called it before, the meat of the conference. You know, the thing is with the Big Ten East, this is what it's all about. Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, and then the rest. The rest just happened to be the University of Maryland, the Indiana Hoosiers, and Rutgers University, the State University of New Jersey. Man, is anybody going to beat Ohio State? Anybody? Bueller? Bueller? Anybody going to beat Ohio State this year? I don't, you know, I don't think so either. I don't think so either. I was hoping Jersey Vern would be in right about now. So I wanted to get his take on Ohio State, but if we know Jersey, he's out there macking them hoes and drinking some of that Boone's Farm. So. <laughs> Yeah, we laughing at you, Jersey. We laughing at you. So with that being said, let's talk about these teams. And we are starting with the Ohio State University Buckeyes. I mean, hands down, what can you say? There's nothing to say. Defending national champion, obviously defending Big Ten championship, shutting out Wisconsin, 50 gazillion to nothing in the Big Ten championship game. Did it with all three quarterbacks. All three quarterbacks are Heisman material. I mean, you know, you can go on and on and on about the Ohio State University. The thing is, I don't think anybody's going to stop them. So I'm going to come back to Ohio State. We all know the issues. Who's going to be the quarterback? That's really the only issue. <laughs> I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, Urban Meyer is just a hell of a coach. And he seems to get gotten his health back. Everything seems good for him, and I'm glad because he seems like a good guy. And look what he did at Ohio State. You know, and went two-plus years without even losing a game his first couple years up there. So then that brings me to Michigan State. And the thing is that I'm going to jump in, and I was going to save this for you for later, folks, but I'm just going to tell you right now, this is my sleeper pick to knock off the Ohio State University. <laughs> hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Don't laugh at me. Hold on, let me explain. Let me explain. Michigan State has become the cream of the crop and has really solidified their sports program over the past four or five years as well. They have become the program in Michigan. That's right. Kids want to play for Spartans as opposed to Wolverines. Now, I'm not going to say that that's how it's always going to be. Uh, I respect the university. I'm a University of Michigan fan. I, I respect their history, but the past few years, man, it's all about gangrene and Sparty. So Michigan State has a one of the most underrated coaches in my opinion Mark D'Antoni and you know now that he's gotten his health figured out because remember after that Michigan State game he had a heart attack but now he's back 
So they have a three, uh, their third-year starter quarterback, Connor Cook. He's he can actually become the winningest quarterback and set several of their passing records this year as well. He has a very good offensive line to work with. And Mark D'Antonio, excuse me, I think I called him D'Antoni, D'Antonio, excuse me, knows how to recruit. So he has been able to restock that offensive line for your Michigan State Spartans. They also have a senior All-American, Jack Allen. Jack Conklin as well is a very celebrated talent, very good pick. And he is destined to probably be a first-round pick. So you got two people on the line there that are going to be playing on Sundays. That's always a good sign to protect your quarterback. Now, for the Spartans to have offensive success, they need uh, their receivers to step up. And Jeremy Lankford, who's a 1,500-yard rusher from last year, uh, the Spartans have good talent at wide receiver. I saw in the Big Ten uh, Big Ten media day the other day, they were very proud of the way that their receivers were coming along. And they were very happy. And they anticipated having no issues there at all. So that's, if you're a Michigan State fan, you like to agree with that. And no, the governor is not taking in too much hot tub vapors tonight, Angela. Not at all. Anyway, people having fun in the chat. Apparently, we got into talking about realtors out there. So I don't know what's going on. But I like realtors. I used to be one. And to the National Association of Realtors, we like to say what's up. <laughs> Easy. Easy. Anyway, let's finish up with Michigan State. They're my pick to surprise Ohio State and maybe sneak into that BCS playoff from the Big Ten. So, Now, the question mark with your Michigan State Spartans, from what I've been able to research, is the secondary. You know, they had a Big Ten defensive back of the year in Curtis Drummond. First-round pick, obviously, to my Minnesota Vikings, Trey Waynes, is now here. And those two must be replaced. They're playing on Sundays. And they have a wonderful sophomore named Monte Nicholson, and he's going to be stepping up along with a veteran named R.J. Williamson at safety to kind of solidify that backfield for the Spartans. Still kind of out the lunch on their cornerbacks from what I've been able to hear, so... Ah, there's that ninja out there in the chat room. What's going on, ninja? Me and the ninja got a little Periscope barbecue contest upcoming that we're going to have to get figured out. And the bad thing is, is that we can't taste this shit, ninja. So like Gary says, basically just going to be a video on presentation. But I think people are going to get the feel that your ribs are truly second best. So, anyway. But glad you're in the house with us, Ninja. Love you. Glad you're here, partner. Back to Michigan State. So, defensive backs. Got to shore up there. Now, the other thing is for Michigan State to really make the noise that they need to make. Here's the thing. They, haven't, they have a great quarterback. 
They have good play on both sides of the ball. That's the thing with Michigan State. Good offense, good defense. 24 seniors are coming back. That's what's up. 24 seniors coming back. And the Spartans have to prove that their talent is on an elite level, and especially in those skill positions. If you want to play with the Bamas, you want to play with the Oregons, you want to play with those high-crest teams, you damn well better be ready at those spots. Wide receiver, cornerback, all those specialty-skilled spots, you better be ready. But with that being said, they are ready. And they got to take a shot at Ohio State. And I think they can beat Ohio State. Now, we're, we'll find out. And I know people may call me crazy. But I think the Michigan State Spartans are my upset team of the Big Ten season. And they start, I believe, somewhere around number seven in the preseason polls. That's a perfectly uh, situated spot for them. So... Ladies and gentlemen, Michigan State, they going to do it. Please hang up and try again. Whoa, what do you mean please hang up and try again? No, nah, Michigan State's going to do this. Anyway, that's what I'm talking about. Michigan State Spartans, your 2015 Big Ten champions, in my opinion, with a little luck. With a little luck. So... Let's jump into this chat room here before we take break number three. We're just over an hour into the show. I think after the next song, I may have to give the first lady a call, like I said, and see if we can get this phone thing working and see what her thoughts are on the sports scene. So with that being said, Ninja, what's going on with you, man? Do you get into college football? I know you're always trashing the Duke Blue Devils basketball team. Who's your college football team, Ninja? Talk to me. Gary Joyner, Michigan State going to try and, or excuse me, Michigan State going to take it, my guess. Look at all those seniors. That's what I'm talking about, man, senior leadership. Gary and Vince stop drinking, that Ninja. No way in hell, that Ninja always says as well. These are Ohio State backers, I guess. Ah, there's Ninja in the chat room again. Buckeyes back to back. Look, Ninja, I ain't arguing with you, brother. But to make things interesting, I thought if there was one team, you know, when I was at work at lunch today, I said if there's one team who can beat Ohio State, who can knock them off the pedestal, Ninja, who would that be? And for me, that would be Michigan State. I don't think any other team is equipped to handle them. So anyway, let's move it along here. So Ohio State, Michigan State, 1-2 in the Big Ten East. Then you got Penn State. Went through a lot, obviously, these past couple years. New coach comes in there. You know, they finish with the victory over Syracuse in the, was it the Pinstripe Bowl, I think, over at Yankee Stadium. So they have a, a good year. You know, they're, it's not Penn State is back type of year, but the, you know, they're, they're going in the right direction. And the NCAA has given them a break and has let, given them back their scholarships. And Penn State is trending in the right direction. Now, I don't put them ahead of Ohio State and Michigan State. 
But can they beat Michigan right now? With with uh, new coach Harbaugh up there? Yes, I think they can. So for that reason, I have them just ahead of Michigan as of right now. Now, with my luck, Coach Harbaugh will find a way to eke out some games. I don't know, with a little luck here, a minor miracle there. But I think Michigan, as of right now, I have them finishing fourth in the Big Ten East. The rest of the squad, we won't spend too much time on. Again, um, we have Maryland, Indiana, and Rutgers. Maryland, I, I like the direction the program's heading because they're looking to establish, number one, a rivalry with Penn State, a geographical rivalry. They're border states, obviously. So that can work out really well. And the other thing that Maryland has to worry about is their recruiting. Washington, D.C. is, you know, the University of Maryland's just outside of D.C., and that's not a football hotbed by any means. And hard to recruit down south because other schools have locks on a lot of those players. So how do you get people to come up to College Park and play football? Those ugly, hideous-ass uniforms. I don't know, but Maryland, I have... Um, you know, one of the things, I'm going to put Indiana ahead of Maryland at number five. Indiana has, you know, they have a pretty good quarterback. And, and really, that's that's what it boils down to for me. Uh, Nate Sudfield is the quarterback down in uh, Indiana. Threw for over 2,500 yards, 23 touchdowns last year. Or, excuse me, in 2013. <sighs> You know, it's it's Indiana football. Again, one of those other campuses that have just they they've never been able to recruit there. I I personally I have not been to the campus down there. I hear good things. I hear Bloomington is a great college town, but is it just Indiana basketball and that's all that matters? You know, maybe maybe, and anybody that does play football usually goes to Purdue or Notre Dame. So kind of sad that the University of Iowa or Iowa, the Indiana University has never been able to recruit and get a decent football team. Now, again, they've had runs here and there. But again, you know, since Randall L was there, really. So that's what's going on there. Again, Big Ten East lock it in at Ohio State. You know, if I do have to pick. I would say Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Michigan, Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers. Rutgers had a nice little run a few years ago before they joined the Big Ten. Big Ten's always wanted to get into that New York marketplace as well. So we'll see if having the Big Ten kind of cachet can, can do anything for New York City uh, recruiting, so to speak, New York City football, anything like that. So we are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to break down position rankings for these players. We're just past the hour 10 minutes mark. A sports done right. I should probably have said that a little earlier. I'm going to jump in this chat room here. See what's going on with the with the gang up there in the chat room. 
Angie's apparently telling stories of some of our trips to college games elsewhere. Quick story. I got to live out kind of a sports bucket list of mine, and I got to go to a night game down in Death Valley at LSU. It was a homecoming game where Angie was doing some work, and once again, she's in the financial business, so a lot of her work are social events like this. So we got to go to the LSU homecoming down in Baton Rouge and had the, a, a great time, a blast. One of the best tailgates in history, folks. If you ever get a chance to go to a LSU tailgate, make sure you do. So much different than what I have here at Minnesota. They tailgate literally across the whole campus, the whole campus. I was so impressed by the folks down there. The hospitality was great. I'm a married man, but you know, you got to give it up to the eye candy as well. You truly do. I mean, them honeys were bad down there. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, First Lady, but that's what it was. But anyway, Louisiana State University was a great time. Had a blast. Cannot wait. All right. We're going to take a quick little musical interlude there. Maybe go a little reggae this time. And I'm going to come back here. We're going to talk about those player positions. And we're going to probably go about another half hour, make it a straight up two hour, just about two hour show since we got a little late start here today. I haven't heard from John Fisher, but make sure you check him out. Uh, his show is called Cooking with the Microwave. Microwave's his nickname because he's always warming things up in the chat rooms that he's in on the Doug Stewart show and other shows that we listen to. So, John, if you're out there, let us know if you're going to be cooking with the microwave tonight after Sports Done Right. Also, this weekend, make sure you check out the Jungle Brother Jersey Vern Realcast podcast. They are the originators. They have basically been the original founding members ever since the Doug Stewart show, the Two Live Stews Heydays. Jersey Vern, Jungle Brother doing their things on the weekends. And then check out last week's episode because they had a great interview with the governor. That's right. That's me, the sports governor, baby. Anyway, hey, whoa, I am not Bill Clinton, Angie. I just said the scenery was nice. And as your president, I do approve. Lame-ass Bill Clinton impression there. So anyway, I will be right back. Keep it tuned here to Sports Done Right. We're going to try and get the first lady on the phone after our commercial break. And we're going to jump back in the chat. If there's anything you guys want to talk about out there, hit me up. You can put it in the chat room. And also, folks, don't forget to check me out on Twitter at the Big Smooth One. That's the number one after smooth at the Big Smooth One. You can email me at vman, V-M-A-N-N-3-1 at gmail.com with any thoughts on the show. And again, looking forward to some very positive changes with Sports Done Right in the future where we can maybe get some ads going, get a true phone line to really handle these calls. So again, hang in there with us. I know it hasn't been the best in terms of production value. I'm still learning my way through this thing, but you know what? I don't have any interns here. I don't have a production staff. We're doing it all on our own. And until that happens, I'm just doing what I do. But I appreciate all the support. There's a lot of haters out there, a lot of people. Your show sucks. What are you doing? 
Well, you got to start somewhere, people. You got to start somewhere. I'm just looking to better me and to better myself, to better this show. I think I'm learning each and every time I get on here. And one of the things that I really appreciate is your support. So keep it tuned here. Sports Done Right on Spreaker.com. And I'll be right back after this cut from Damian Marley. Always been there. 
Michigan State beating Ohio State Ninja. What you think about that? Oh, the crowd keeps going. I'm not on anything. The only thing I'm smoking is Ninja's butt and ribs. The crowd settled down, settled down. Okay, okay, okay. We got to settle that crowd down. Oh, easy first lady. Welcome back, everybody, to Sports Done Right. What's going on? We're going to switch things up here real quick. A couple, uh, my, a couple of my peeps earlier sent some questions in. Jungle Brother Gary Joyner. I asked folks in our other chat room there over at uh, GroupMe if they had anything that they wanted to talk about on the show tonight. So we're going to kind of freestyle it here. And I'm going to jump in for Brother Gary Joyner. And Big Gary wanted to talk Georgia football. And in particular, if his coach down there in Georgia can keep it together and basically not blow any games down there just from a coaching perspective. Mark Richt and his coaching staff, the University of Georgia. Now, backstory for me, how I feel about Georgia football, always kind of had a, a soft spot. I've always liked Georgia football. It always seemed like true Southern football. You know, you can say that about all the other campuses. I get that. But for a kid who was living in Minneapolis, Minnesota, watching Herschel Walker do his thing, running between the hedges, it, it, you know, it really just impressed me. I was always impressed by the University of Georgia. It looks like a beautiful campus. If I ever get down that way, I'm definitely going to check it out. So I always kind of liked the University of Georgia, to be honest with you. So, you know, they have their in-state rivalry with Georgia Tech, and, that, and that's good. But the University of Georgia now is at a point where we got to wonder – 
what they're going to do to kind of get to the next level again, to get back to true. Now, they are somewhat of an elite team. They're, you know, they're a top 10 team. They're a top 15 team most years. Uh, they're Georgia football. We get that. You know, Ugga the Bulldog and everything. And that ninja in the chat room says, Gary, why does Rick not want a black quarterback? We're going, well, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But I found a very interesting article on, and what I and what I did, because I don't know a lot about Georgia football, obviously, off the top of my head. So instead of jumping in into the, the local newspapers and Atlanta papers, things like that, I went to some of the fan sites. And I found this on what's called dogsports.com. And that's D-A-W-G sports.com. And I thought it was just very interesting because the title of the article by, I guess, Pop Knows, whatever kind of name that is, or if that's just a moniker. But anyway, it is five factors blocking a championship at Georgia. And what I wanted to do for Big uh, Gary's just kind of touch on this, kind of throw some points out there, and we can go in. And after we're done here, I'm going to give the first lady a call, see if this phone thing works. Because if the phone thing works, we can have you call in and really have some fun with this. So anyway, the first factor, Gary, that Pop knows on Dog Sports says that's keeping your team from a championship is the senior class refuses to take ownership of their team. I'm going to read through and kind of paraphrase some of this, but... Uh, they're saying that defense wins championships. However, the author here believes senior leadership trumps defense. There's been no sign of senior class leadership at the University of Georgia since David Green, David Pollock, and DJ Shockley. So that's one of the main things that he's right off the bat going after. At the end of each season, there should be some type of tradition, a program to kind of pass ownership, so to speak, to the next senior class. That should be a team event witnessed by incoming freshmen, basically the whole team. He also says that each year the senior class should assume responsibility of the class. The seniors should set an example for the lower classmen by their actions and behavior and enforce the standards and traditions passed to them by their predecessors. Now, it also says here, partly due to NCAA restrictions, busy scheduling, recruitment, and the ever-popular see-no-evil, hear-no-evil attitude, the coaching staff is largely incapable and somewhat unwilling to police individual behavior. And Gary, on this article, that's kind of where all this is going to. With, you know, you were speaking of the coach earlier in your question, this is where it's going to for Mark Rick. Factor number two, eliminate the me first attitude. I won't read too much there. I think that kind of speaks for itself. Factor number three, for all you Georgia fans and Gary, instill bulldog pride in Georgia and especially the Atlanta metro area youth. And I'll read a little bit here to expand upon that. Outside of the grace of God, the colonist of America's revolutionary, war were uh, victorious because they believed in their cause and had invested everything in the cause that's what they're saying here that the university of georgia has to do they have to go all in and be truly vested 100 percent invested excuse me into their program the atlanta metro area looks upon itself as an in, an entity in and of itself 
Most of Atlanta's migrated from outside of the Georgia state line. Their attitude is that they don't need Georgia. Georgia needs them. And with that mindset, high school football players and lots of high school coaches view the University of Georgia as just another out-of-state university in, in pursuit of their talent. There is no link into the Bulldog tradition. There is no loyalty to the University of Georgia and its traditions. And it's frightening, excuse me, and at a frightening speed, that mindset and ignorance is spreading to Columbus, Augusta, Valdosta, Warren Robins, and Georgia's remaining football talent pools. So what do you think about that, Gary? You're, you're going to be my Georgia Bulldog expert here. That was factor number three, installing Bulldog pride. Factor number four, true player development, physically, mentally, and emotionally. Now, that is very interesting. You think the University of Georgia? I mean, come on. They develop players. They're the University of Georgia. Bulldogs. Come on. Well, let's see what the, the author says here. To some fans, the football program's final placement in the annual recruitment war is as important as the team's final position in the old BCS standings. To the optimistic fan, recruiting placement and accumulation as of many five-star recruits as possible is a, a crystal ball view into the future. But the sad irony is, if you start out with six five-star high school recruits for the season, and at the end of a four or five-year period, these same kids are still five-star, and then in capital letters, high school athletes, your program has a problem with player development. Physical, mental, and emotional development. Gary, what do you think about that? He goes on, schools with a truly outstanding player development program. First thing they do is maintain a coaching staff, which knows how to evaluate talent. And more importantly, evaluate potential in the athlete. Second, the schools are serious about player development, which I think Georgia would be. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just the governor here on Sports Done Right. Third, player development is much more than physical and strength conditioning. Kids have to grow mentally and emotionally. The player also have the, the mental capability and discipline to recognize and adjust to changing situations both on and off the field. The player has to not only know his responsibilities, but those of his teammates. He has to know the tendencies of his opponent in any given situation. Amen. So can Mark Rick do that? Factor five, look at the coaching staff starting at the top. If your program has an outstanding player development program, odds are that you have player loyal, you'll have a player loyal to the program. The me first types have been eliminated or avoided and a solid senior class is ready to take charge of their team. But if any of those above conditions have not been addressed and corrected, the coaching staff, starting at the top, must be evaluated. Currently, University of Georgia does not have senior leadership assuming charge over their football team. Numerous Me First personalities litter the program, and numerous players on the team have no knowledge or concern of Georgia football history. The strength and conditioning program is not preparing these boys to mature into men mentally and emotionally. 
Most of, most are muscle-bound, spoiled brats. The Georgia football head coach should make these books mandatory. He names a few books there. But anyway, moving on to wrap this up. So that brings us to Mark Rick and his coaching staff. Coach Rick's personal life appears to be above reproach. And as the song goes, Coach Mark Rick is a fine man. But being a fine man does not make one a great football coach or bring in championship trophies. Traditionally, much like the historic business tycoons of the late 19th century, great football coaches are not nice people. Some, like Jimmy Johnson or Les Miles, appear to have warm personalities on the surface. Others, like Nick Saban and Bear Bryant, seem a bit standoffish. But one thing they all have in common, they are childhood, or excuse me, they are cold-blooded and ruthless men who are willing to do what it takes to win. They never consider taking prisoners or asking forgiveness. If your team is not prepared to do battle, they better not step on the field. Their men are drilled to show no mercy. Gary Joyner, let's just jump in this chat here. Talk a little Georgia football. So Ninja says that's a sign of poor coaching, being put off on the players. Always blame the players, never the coach, as Gary Joyner says. That article is talking about opinion, says that Ninja. All of those are faults of the program. Nothing about X and O's, bullshit article. Jersey Vern says they get all the best talent, but most of the players get arrested or transfer. And let's see who else is up in the chat room. John Fisher, what's going on, buddy, buddy, buddy? Are we going to be cooking with the microwave later tonight? Got to let us know that, Big John Fisher, or are you hitting up on that fireball again, man? Anyway, I'm glad to see you're up and you are uh, with us amongst the living. Gary Joyner back on Georgia football. They're looking at players <laughs> like Ninja said. Rick makes bad play calls, had bad defensive coordinators. The one thing they had a shot at, the national title, he choked it away against Alabama. He choked it away at Auburn too. And I'm sure a lot of people feel like Gary out there. So, I, I you know, as a Georgia fan, I get it. So what do you do? Do you bring in a new coach? Who's out there? Who wants the Georgia job? I mean, really, who wants the Georgia job? I don't know either, but the one thing is, is that Georgia is a program that should be elite. It's a program that should be right up there with Bama, should be up there with the best of the SEC, usually are, but find a way to, to lose that, that all-important game, it seems. And, I, you know, I just don't know. They're, they're really just kind of a hard team to figure out. I feel by reading the chat here from some Georgia fans that the coach is on a short leash. Correct me if I'm wrong out there, Georgia fans. Gary Joyner. Who, Gary, I see, you, I see your comment out there. Who would you, who's on your list? Who's on your short list, Gary? You're the Georgia guy out here. Who's on your short list to coach this team if changes need to be made?
So, alrighty, what we're going to do is we're going to take a break here shortly. We're going to try this phone thing out, maybe see if we can get the first lady on the line. We got the, the call placed to her. The folks are giving her a call. We'll see if the... Uh, And we'll see if she is. All right. So we're going to try this. We're going to put the first lady on the speaker here in just one second. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome Angie Wright, the first lady. Say hello to everybody, hon. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, you're Good on. evening. So this is the first time I think the gang has actually heard the voice of the first lady, Angela Wright. I call her Angie for short. And Angie, do you have any uh, takes on Golden Gopher football? It's going to be a good season. We're going to be front row, 40-yard line. How could it be bad? Well, it could be bad if they lose, honey. Well, they've lost from so many years that it has to be good. This has to be their year. I tend to agree with my wife. I think this could be the Gophers' year. I I really hope this is the year that they can beat Wisconsin. Do you think, hon, that they can finally get that damn axe back? Last game of the year, I think it's going to be cold, but I think it's possible. I think it's possible. I did want to tell you that I, I made a trade today. Oh, boy. I know. <laughs> Are you sitting down, Governor? Governor sitting down. So I was, I'm here in South Dakota for all you out in, in the hinterland of the USA. In South Dakota, Sioux Falls, don't be jealous. I know you're all jealous. Um, and I met with an advisor today who's a Nebraska season ticket holder. And so I made a trade, two tickets for this year for two tickets for next year at Nebraska. So hopefully you're not going to be too mad about that, but I was trading tickets during the day. I didn't have the governor sign off on it, but I know how you want to see a game in Nebraska. So you could check it off the bucket list. Well, you know, folks, this is why she is the first lady. I love this girl. I will definitely take two tickets this year and uh, go see Nebraska next year. I always wanted to go down to Lincoln. So good thinking, Angie. Very well done. Very well played, honey. Very well played. Very well played. Well, I, I, I thought you would like it. So we'll be road tripping there next year. I think um, I think that the Gophers are going to have a really good chance against Nebraska this year. So. Well, I think uh, so. They beat them last year at Nebraska. Right. Yeah, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a good year for Golden Gopher football. Well, we got Jersey Burn on the line, honey, and he says that you're sipping. I uh, am. What? How did he know? <laughs> I am. This hotel I'm staying at had a free happy hour, so I stopped up. Well, if it's one thing the First Lady loves, it's a good glass. What the hell am I talking about? A good bottle of wine. So I know she's yeah, definitely let me sipping. Take a bottle. They wouldn't let me take a bottle. I tried, I tried, but I got away with two glasses under the radar. There you go. That's my girl. So anyway, back on the chat room here. 
Well, of course, Angie says it does suck to suck. That is true. Jersey Vern says you're shy, first lady. Not really. Not usually. I think she's just a little drunk, Vern, personally, but hey, no. that's just me. <laughs> a long day for a Tuesday. Long Tuesday. Long Tuesday. Long Tuesday. Anyway, if you're out there in the chat room, let us know how this is sounding. I mean, I basically have Angie on my, my speaker to my phone in front of my USB mic. I hope it's sounding good out there. And again, in the future, we got some things coming down the road where we're going to improve on that quality. So Jersey Vern says, keep sipping. <laughs> keep sipping, love. Of course, Jersey Vern thinks that Ohio State's going to repeat as well. They probably are, but I think either Michigan State or the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers are going to get in that ass. Anyway, Angie. Well, the Gophers played well. The Gophers played well against Ohio. Remember, we sold those tickets. Yeah. Yeah. Ohio State suckers for about, mm, what, 250 a seat, I think it was. Hey, we got to pay taxes on that. Keep that quiet now. Yeah, and they definitely would have given them a much better game in the Big Ten Championship than Wisconsin would have. But, you know, if yeah. you're if you're Minnesota, you got to get past Wisconsin. That's what it boils down to. Exactly, exactly. So, my dear, do you have any other thoughts, anything else you want to chat about here? Uh, the chat room is yours. Well, I'd like to share a story about my ride to South Dakota last night. Did you? Oh, hold on, hold on. Your ride where? To South Dakota. What time? Seven o'clock last night, and I got to Sioux Falls about eleven. And for anyone out there, it's Sturgis week here in South Dakota. I heard some crazy facts, but just as the sun set last night, and I was getting to South Dakota, or right at the border, a biker gang of about 12 dudes I had to get past, and uh, it's pretty dark out in South Dakota. There's not a lot of, no freeway lights, no freeway lights, and the last group I went past, they were looking pretty scary, and they had skeleton masks on. There's nothing worse than seeing a biker gang with skeleton masks on at 11 at night. Damn, did you run into Jacks and the boys out there, little well, Sons I, of Anarchy? I thought, it, I thought it was and I think that I saw, um, I think I saw the guy that got killed, his head got chopped off, so he was reincarnated. But I can't believe how many biker gangs I rode past last night on my way here. Yeah, that's and, right. Uh, Sturgis. It's $8,000 a week to stay in Sturgis. Sturgis is a town. Yeah. Well, you know why, hon. Sturgis is a town of literally a few thousand. And for the rally, I mean, they say there's over 150,000 people, 200,000 people there. So, you know, you take a town of that size, it is people make a lot of money out there. I can tell you that. Telling me 
Hey, honey. That's true. Hey, Jersey Vern wants to know, babe, what's going on? And so he's like, what's in South Dakota? What you know? Tell, why don't you tell the folks a little bit about what you do and why you travel so much? So what I do is help financial advisors understand uh, retirement planning and help them structure products for their clients so that they can retire comfortably and uh, pay for those expenses when they stop earning a paycheck. So that's, in a nutshell, that's what I do. I meet with financial advisors all day. And I get to take them out to lunch, and I get to take them to games, and I get to take them golfing. So usually it's a little business, but a lot more fun. Lots of fun. I have definitely ridden in on the coattails. Um, Gary Joyner says a lot of those bikers need to bathe. Oh, Lord. This is, this is true, Gary. They do. It's, it's, it's a little sketchy. I'm going to have to go with that. I'm going to exactly. go with sketchy. All right, dear. Anything if else you need to chat about? last night in my car, I would have thought that I was in the front world. It was a little, a little unnerving. Cool. All right, hon. Well, I just wanted to check in. I wanted to kind of test this phone thing out here. Hopefully I can improve on the sound, but the folks can hear you. So everyone in the chat room, I'm glad you were finally able to actually hear my wife, the first lady. Um, you've seen pictures and you will be hearing from her in the future. Anything else, Angie, before we wrap it up, sweets? That's a white girl from the suburbs for you. Keep sipping. Anyway, all right, Angie, you take care, babe. Love you. Love you. Bye. And that was the first lady, Angie Wright, y'all. And she is definitely looking forward to hanging out with you guys. She's got some interesting little topics herself that she wants to get into as well. And we will, you know, well... We'll we'll give her the reins somewhere down the road. <laughs> somewhere down the road. So anyway, let me jump back in this chat room before we take a break here and get back for our last quick couple segments. Like I said, we're gonna jump in. We're gonna do some position rankings after the next song. Gonna talk to you know why Jersey Vern's feeling these Ohio State Buckeyes gonna repeat. Gary, <laughs> Gary says he can't sip. His diabetes has been acting up. Oh, <laughs> but anyway, I'm really glad that you guys have, have kept it here to sports done right. Like I said, I'm learning kind of each day I do this podcast and very excited. So. As we take a break here, I'm going to hit you up with that wonderful Empire State of Mind that Alicia Keys did in honor of your New York Yankees, Vern. And I think Jungle, I think Jungle's a Yankees fan as well. They came in here, kicked the Twins' ass, and been taking names ever since. If you would have asked me at the beginning of this year about these Yankees, I would never have guessed that they're doing what they're doing, so I do got to give them props. So, 
the cool version of Empire State of Mind Part 2 as it's called for Jersey Vern. Going wild. 
Alicia Keys, ladies and gentlemen. And we are back, getting towards the home stretch. Apparently, my in-laws have nothing else to do. As I see Angie's sister, Shannon, has joined us, as well as the baby of the family. The young brother, Jeff, is now in-house. Penthouse Suite Bound MetLife Building. Jeff Hawkstead Insurance for MetLife. So... For all your insurance needs in the Minneapolis area, make sure you call Jeff Pohl at the Pohl Agency in Stillwater, Minnesota, 612-518-7829. Anyway, we're back at it, y'all, wrapping up the Big Ten preview show. Gary, I wish your University of Georgia best of luck because we, we actually do need a little some new blood down there in the SEC. So, one of the other questions that was posed to me today in our private chat room on GroupMe came from the Jungle Brother. And he wanted to know if Iowa, because I put it out there, if Iowa has another mediocre year, will they get rid of Kurt Ferentz? And I think they absolutely will. And in my research, I came across an article today by Robert Boylan, I think is his last name. Again, this Athlon website, athlon.com, uh, I think it is. It's A-T-H-L-O-N is a great website for college football information. That's where I got a lot of the stats and things today. So definitely don't want to be plagiarizing nobody. So that's where you want to go for a, a very good website. And Gary, I love Alicia Keys too. Just don't tell Angie. But back to Kurt Ferentz. And the title, not the title, but the gist of this article is, is Iowa's coaching history repeating itself with Coach Ferentz? Hawkeye faithful everywhere still talk about Hayden Fry. Now, again, I'm paraphrasing this because I don't want to bore you with uh, the actual reading this article. But Hayden Fry established this program back in the late 70s through the 80s, early 90s, and really runs that state. Everybody loved Coach Hayden Fry in Iowa. And, you know, Iowa sucked before Hayden Fry got there in 1979. So, you know, a lot of the younger Hawkeye fans at this point don't know about Hayden Fry. They weren't alive when, you know, to experience it like I was. And for true college football fans, Hayden Fry is definitely one of the elite college coaches. Now, in the 2000s, they saw, the Hawkeyes saw their teams basically play 500 football. Kurt Ferentz comes in. They pay him a lot of money. And he gets results initially, right? You know... The thing about Iowa is this. Sometimes it can be very hard to recruit there, even though they are the state school. There is nothing going on in Iowa but this. Crickets. Nothing. 
So it's Iowa football and a little bit of Iowa State in that north part of the state around Ames, Iowa. But it's, you know, it's, it's a Hawkeye state, no doubt about it. The thing that a lot of fans have been having issues with are members of the coaching staff on for Coach uh, Captain Kirk, as he's called down there. Uh, a lot of problems with the offensive coordinators. You know, for more than five years, it says here in the article, from 2007 to 2012, Farron stubbornly stood by his then-offensive coordinator, Ken O'Keefe, even as the offense repeatedly failed to perform and became a potent symbol of the lack of entertainment the Hawkeyes were providing on the field. It seemed that in the battle of public perception, the Hawkeyes had grown much more entertaining off the field, where player arrests and controversy reigned, yet Ference refused to budge in making changes to his staff, which could have eliminated both of those problems, at least until the Hawkeyes' dismal 4-8 showing in 2012. That's the problem. I was just kind of been ho-hum. You know, they've won some big games. They've lost a lot of big games. They've lost a lot of games they shouldn't have lost as well. That's the other problem with this program. I... The governor, sports done right, can totally see this team going in a different direction, say if Iowa finishes 500 or worse this year. You know, they've paid Kurt Ferentz a lot of money, and I think at this point to start getting return on investment, they'd be willing to buy him out. I don't know what the buyout clause is. So, but, you know, I think they would buy him out. So... With that, this brings the program into 2015, writing a mediocre 34-30 and 30 record over the last five years. See, that's my point. They aren't good. They're okay. They're not good anymore. They are a 500 team. One year, they may be an 8-4, and four, 9, maybe eke out 10 wins, but that's it. And then they go right back to being a sub-500 team the very next year. So 34 and 30 over the past five years, and Captain Kirk is no longer the man with whom the Hawkeye faithful is best suited to remain at the helm. You know, once he was larger than life, he's got the 10th largest contract apparently, $4 million a year, and that contract expires in 2019. And Hawkeye Nation now questions whether he should even be there after this season. He's no longer getting the results he once obtained. And the faithful 70,000 plus fans in Kinnick Stadium every Saturday have lost patience with the team's subpar performances. And that means there's likely no hotter seat in the Big Ten, as it says here in this article, than the one currently occupied by Captain Kurt. So... Jungle, there's your answer, man. They will definitely and apparently are looking to get rid of Captain Kirk. Nobody's job is sacred anymore in college football, people. You guys got to realize that. Those days have gone by. Those kind of iconic coaches. Look, they ran Bobby Bowden out. You get too old or you just get complacent. It's time to go. Mac Brown, he's not at Texas anymore. Won a national championship a few years later. He's gone. I mean, it, that's just the way it rolls here, people. So do not get sucked into, you know, any coach is not untouchable anymore. All coaches are touchable. 
and all coaches are always on the, on the move anyway. So, with that being said, my people, who do you think is going to take the Big Ten title? I want to hear from you, all you Southern cats down there. I know you've laughed at the Big Ten for years now, but I think they are definitely proving, or excuse me, the conference is proving that it does belong. Watch the Big Ten Network. These teams have beaten a lot of SEC teams over these past recent years in in these bowl games as well. So I don't know. I don't know. But I think that Ohio State and Michigan State are the two top teams. The next tier teams, uh, Wisconsin battling to get into that top tier. But Wisconsin, Minnesota, Nebraska – Rounding out the next year, maybe Iowa could sneak in there, and then you just have the also runs. Excuse me, Penn State in that middle range as well, and then you just have the also runs, which I'm I'm not expecting anything uh, from them at all. So, all right, we got one more segment after this. We're gonna wrap things up here. We've been going for a good two hours tonight. Good, strong chat in the chat rooms. I really appreciate everybody out there. I know I haven't been in the chat and haven't been reading too much chat, but there's a lot of numbers to take advantage of here tonight. So with that being said, as I like to say, I've been trying to watch my ums and uhs and all that stuff, trying to work on the speech. We'll be right back after this break, and I'm going to hit you up with a little brand new being. Love me or leave me alone, y'all. Hey, yo, Jamal, I got a girl that's bad. Uh-huh. But she don't understand my ways. Watch Arguing days after days after days. Well, I can see I done had some fly ones. They try to get just that, thought I'd like to chase the cat. But I'm not a dog, goddess who you're looking at. Couldn't have took in that bull crap, you would have cut a I jack. I told you on the front screen when the telephone rings. It ain't really nothing but noise. You want to flip and lose your poise. Now they quick to flip, but yo, honey, get a grip. You got to understand I'm a man with needs that need fulfilling. And if you ain't with it, somebody else is with it. You got to love me or leave me alone. love me or leave me alone. You gotta love me, I leave me alone. You gotta love me, I leave me alone. 
wanna submit, always throwing a fit, wanna talk a lot of shit, but love to get hit from behind. Getting crazy joy from my lazy boy that reclined. Seem the only time when I in a fight is when I'm laying the pipe. You don't want me to bone another chick. Quick to claim my name and my dick. But when I tell you get off the swine and get refined, you act like you're blind or you lost your damn mind. See, I'm not the kind to let a woman run it. How my man Rick say it, I shouldn't have done it. Is what I'd be saying if you was running the show. No ho, there's no go. The G-O-D know the time on the sun and the moon and the stars. Dance to the tune of Lord Jamar. And if you act a tone deaf, it's your own mental depth. Huh, you gotta love me or leave me you alone. Gotta love me or leave me alone. Second in the sports gun, right? They want it. The people want it. The people want it! And with the touch of a button, I'm back. All right, people. Thank you so much. We're going to wrap up Sports Done Right tonight, Tuesday. Appreciate you guys dipping in with me. You actually heard finally from the first lady. We got some fun things coming up, some production uh, stuff, like I said, we're working on. And I cannot wait until everything's just set up. But anyway, let's run through some baseball scores real quick here before we jump back into the last of the Big Ten uh, football preview. In the eighth inning, the Arizona Diamondbacks are tied with Washington three apiece. Vern's New York Yankees doing their thing in the eighth on them Red Sox, 13-3. Yankees just unstoppable this year, man. And I never, like I said, if, if I wouldn't have took that bet. But you got to give props where it's due. The Yankees are doing it, and A-Royd is killing it. We have my Chicago Cubs in the ninth inning on top of the Pittsburgh Pirates, 5-0. That is a huge series for the Cubs. They need a sweep in the worst way because if they're going to keep up with the playoffs and the wild card chase, this is a huge series against the uh, Bucks from Pittsburgh. Bottom of the eighth, we have Phoenix or Phoenix, Philadelphia over the Dodgers, five to two. Bottom of the ninth, the New York Mets are leading Miami, five to one. San Francisco is leading Atlanta 8-3 in the top of the ninth. Texas is all, or I shouldn't say all over. They're up by one over Houston, 4-3 in the top of the sixth. In the top of the seventh, we have the Milwaukee Brewers over San Diego 2-1. to 
Bottom of the seventh, Tampa Bay is truly all over the Southsiders, the Pale Holes. The White Sox are getting their butts handed to them 10-1 in the top of the seventh. Seattle and Colorado are tied three apiece in the fifth. And both Baltimore and Oakland and Cleveland and the Angels are scoreless. And those games have just gotten started. We have some finals for you. Toronto beat my Minnesota Twins, unfortunately, 3-1. to one. The Twins continue to slide. And now that wild card run is really starting to slip away. We'll, we'll talk about the Twins more next week. A lot of people have said, what did you expect? You know, this is who the Twins are. They've overachieved for the first couple months of the season. Kind of enjoy the ride. And maybe they're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kansas City beat Detroit 5-1. to one, And St. Louis lost to Cincinnati tonight 3-2. to two. And that is your MLB update, y'all. Gotta love it, gotta love it. So, let's finish out the Big Ten preview show and we can get to cooking with the microwave that's going to be following this show in a little while with John Fisher. Also, on the weekend, again, don't forget to check out the Real Cast podcast with Jersey Vern. And our main man, Jungle Brother, they are the two originators of the podcasting family. And listen to their show on the weekend. Gary Joyner has his show as well, Everyday People, where he's talking about all of the current issues in today's society. And unfortunately, there's a lot to talk about. You know, Democrats hate Republicans. Republicans hate Democrats. Cops hate blacks. Blacks hate cops. Whites hate most everybody else sometimes. Blacks hate most everybody else sometimes. World's just in the funk. So keep God close to your heart and check out Gary Joyner's show. John Fisher's going to be going live here shortly at 11 p.m. And, John, we're going to be finished up in a few minutes for you. So you're going to have plenty of prep time for cooking with the microwave tonight. And, Gary, it is indeed my pleasure, not a problem for your plug. Thanks for doing your show as well, man. So... Let's talk about positions. We have rankings here from, again, athlonsports.com. Again, a great website for all your sporting uh, needs. I'm trying to get off that ESPN fix as I am not a fan of that network anymore. They try to, like a lot of uh, news organizations, whether it's Fox on the conservative side, uh, MSNBC on the liberal side, CNN, you know, ESPN tries to set the agenda. They try to drive the agenda instead of just reporting the sports facts and giving you the highlights. Not a fan of ESPN anymore. There's a lot of other websites, a lot of other ways to get your sports information, people, and I really think you should start taking a look at it. Yahoo Sports is something I check out. I listen to Yahoo Sports Radio. I, I listen to a lot of satellite radio, a lot of other podcasts for, for sports information. You can do this research yourself. That's the fun thing. So, you know, put the ESPN Kool-Aid down. All of this is just regurgitated nonsense. And as far as SportsCenter goes, that show for me is totally unwatchable. The SportsCenter anchors are just all about trying to put on a comedy show instead of getting to the highlights. And somewhere along the line, when they kept doing all those little Sports Center uh, ESPN commercials, 
somehow these these sports anchors started thinking they were the stars because they had these cool little catchphrases and this and that and you know, while I do, you know, I enjoyed Dan uh, Patrick. I wasn't a, a Keith Oberman guy. You know, there's a lot of other guys I liked there. I like Bob Levy and, uh, um, you know, many others. But somewhere along the line, Chris Berman got unlistenable. I'm trying to watch SportsCenter. I can only do it now with the mute. And maybe that's just me in my 46 years. Maybe I am the old man on my front porch screaming to these kids, get out of my yard. Stay out of my yard, you fucking kids. But yeah, time time to leave ESPN, people. All right, let's wrap this show up here. Let's get to the, to the Big Ten uh, position rankings as done by AthlonSports.com. Again, I basically agree. I may switch to some of these uh, players around. But they're pretty right on. So Big Ten top, the Big Ten's uh, quarterbacks, top five, Ohio State, Braxton Miller, <laughs> JT Barrett, or Cardell Jones. You can just put anyone. Whoever's going to start for Ohio State is going to be the number one quarterback. Number two, Connor Cook. Again, stud from Michigan State, the Spartans. You know, Kirk Cousins. Michigan State has really solid quarterbacks for college football. And that's one of the reasons that they are successful now and that they are the Michigan school. I'm going to say Christian Hackenberg, number three, like they say, over at Penn State. A very impressive year last year as he got started there. I don't see any reason why he can't just continue to trend upward. Wes Lunt at Illinois is ranked number four. And, you know, he is Illinois. So as he goes, so does that team. And number five, they have Nate Sudfeld at Indiana. He's a good quarterback. He just doesn't have a team. Let's move over to the running backs. Ezekiel Elliott out of the Ohio State University, Vern. What you got to say about your boy Ezekiel? I totally agree with that. Now we have Corey Clement, the main guy at Wisconsin now. So he is up at number two. He, this dude is, is badass. And, you know, Gordon's gone, but Clement's the answer. That guy, keep an eye on him because he's the one that's going to help drive Wisconsin if they're able to move forward. Justin Jackson at Northwestern. Again, another solid running back that I know a lot of you folks down south may not have heard of. Keep an eye on him. He's going to be very instrumental again to see if Northwestern can do anything this year. Number four, Jordan Howard out of Indiana. He's a, he's a good upright runner as well, uh, good speed. Number five, Akil Lynch out of Penn State. And number six is Josh Ferguson out of Illinois. Uh, one of the things that they have here is the Big Ten's top five players on the rise. And... This guy here is, is really going to help lead Michigan back, in my opinion. And that's their defensive back, Jabril Peppers. Please keep an eye on this guy. He is the one that leads the defense. Uh, solid hitter. Knows how to wrap up and tackle. So keep an eye on Jabril Peppers. Excuse me. Did I say Peters? Peppers. Out of uh, the University of Michigan. Raquan McMillan out of Ohio State is a linebacker who is looking to 
make his name known this year down in Columbus, and I'm sure he will. You know, the thing is, Ohio State has been linebacker U from Penn State for a long time here, you know. So I'm sure he's going to do just fine down there. Number three, again, Corey Clement, running back out of Wisconsin. Number four, Big Ten top five players on the rise is a safety out of Nebraska. His name is Nate Geary. Uh, I've seen a little bit of a write-up on him today. They are very positive on him. He's supposed to have uh, good hands. He's a big hitter so and has good closing speed as well. Malik McDowell is a defensive tackle from Michigan State. And again, if he can get uh, good pressure and use his strength, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with this year. All right, let's jump in the chat room here. I'm going to... I know I haven't been acknowledging the chat room too much, but again, thank everybody out there. John Fisher says these anchors want to follow Stuart Scott. Rest in peace. That is true. And, you know, and to be honest, there were times where I loved Stuart Scott. There were times where I thought um, his style was just a little too much at times as well. But the way that man handled himself in that cancer battle, and those stories and, and the training that he did, the MMA training that he did and doing the chemotherapy, uh, dealing with his daughters, his fiance, a girlfriend at the time. You know, hats off to you, Stu. Rest in peace wherever you are, my friend. A big booyah from Vince Wright, the governor. And you, you definitely were a trailblazer. A lot of people loved you. A lot of people may not have, but you were a trailblazer. And we are definitely proud of any black people that can get on TV nowadays. I know a lot of people, I don't, I'm not a horribly big fan of Stephen A. Smith. But I am glad that, you know, folks like him and other minorities are on TV. So, all right, let's finish this out here so we can get uh, cooking with the microwave. Uh, the Big Ten's top five non-conference games for 2015 Huge games here. We got five of them. The top five. Number one, September 12th, just over a month away, Oregon at Michigan State. Michigan State wins this. They could be off and running. A victory over Oregon. Boy, that really sets the, that can set the table for you if you're a Michigan State Spartan fan. The second game Wisconsin versus Alabama down in Arlington, Texas on September 5th. I talked about this game in the chat rooms earlier today on the Doug Stewart show, a little bit on the uh, group me chat line. But one of the things is, is that Alabama and Southern fans got to realize that Wisconsin travels. Wisconsin brings the state with them. So this isn't going to be one of these things where everybody drives over from Alabama and you got maybe 10,000 Wisconsin fans up in the corner of the stadium. There's going to be a lot of Wisconsin red to match that Alabama red. And if Alabama can't get it going, they're going to be surprised at how loud them fans can get. So Alabama, you better be ready to play the University of Wisconsin Badgers September 5th. I think, obviously, they will be prepared. I think Alabama wins that game maybe by about 8, 10 points just by uh, what I've seen on paper. And now as practices get started the, this week, mainly in the Big Ten, we're going to get a, a look at these players, obviously see if injuries come into play and whatnot. 
The third game, Ohio State at Virginia Tech, September 7th. This is the payback game for Ohio State. We all know what the, the uh, Turkeys did last year when they came into Columbus and shocked the home crowd with the victory. Virginia Tech Hokies, boy, um, better be ready for it because Ohio State is going to be lock, stock, two smoking barrels, and ready to go, man. They got, they're got they thinking nothing but ass-whooping, and they are looking to not just win on the road. They're looking to embarrass the crap out of Virginia Tech in Virginia and really embarrass them after what Virginia Tech did to them last year. Number four. Here we go. Here we go. And I'm going to be front row for it. I'll be periscoping. I'll be picturing TCU at Minnesota, September 3rd, less than a month away. Well, the Texas Horned Frogs or Texas Christian University Horned Frogs, they don't need any introductions. They have a new stadium down there in Fort Worth. They were a top four team. They were leapfrogged by Ohio State after the Big Ten Championship game in which Ohio State, at least in my opinion, earned their place in the National College playoff over Texas Christian University. But make no mistake, Texas Christian is for real. They proved it last year, and they're going to prove it again this year. And what it's going to take for my Gophers to win is this. Solid quarterback play from Leidner. They're going to need a couple bounces to go their, their way and for the defense to, to really keep up with that offense. At times last year, the speed of TCU took over that game. And after a while, at times it looked like TCU was almost toying with the Gophers. But, you know, this is a new year, new team. So September 3rd, Texas Christian at Minnesota. And I grew up a Miami Hurricane fan. The fifth game to round it out is Nebraska at Miami, September 19th. Jungle Brother threw in a prediction already. TCU 44, Minnesota 16. Oh, Jungle. Jungle, what are we going to do with you, man? <laughs> he, he's a funny guy out there in Charlotte, North Carolina, or wherever the big rig's rolling tonight. Um, I would say... From what I see right now, Jungle, Jungle, you could very well be correct, of course, but I would say TCU maybe 31, Gophers 27 at this point right now. 31-21, somewhere in that range maybe. So Nebraska's at Miami on September 19th, folks. Uh, big game for the Miami Hurricanes. The, the Canes kind of tease you with are they back, are they rising back to national prominence. If you are a hardcore Miami fan like I grew up and you watch these 30 for 30 specials on the good old days, the 10-year home winning streak and things like that, you know, Miami is just, you know, Florida's just a different state now. It's a state that has six or seven Division I programs, hard to recruit. You know, one of the other things is with so many programs, divided loyalties, and different opportunities for kids to play. Kids who maybe would have gone to Miami and sat on the bench for a year or two can now go to uh, Florida International, Florida Atlantic, the University of Central Florida, 
Um, obviously, Florida State in Florida as well, but you know, there's others. You, you know, Southern Florida up in Tampa. You know, South Florida. Um, you know, they they rose to number two in the polls a few years ago and was selling out the Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium, and they made Miami look stupid. And the other problem is Miami plays in that crappy Miami Dolphins Stadium, Pro Player Stadium or whatever it's called. It's about 40 miles away from campus. It's tough to get there. It's a long drive. Uh, nothing really. Well, there's nothing around. It's a good place to tailgate. I drove by there on, when I was in Miami a couple months back. But the problem is, is that it holds about 80,000 people for football, and they're not going to fill it. It's not a very well-designed stadium. Again, just my personal opinion. I don't like the stadiums where the suites are, where you can't sit outside in a suite. All the suites are enclosed. But anyway, can Miami answer the call? That's what they need to do. You need to beat a team like Nebraska to start setting your season right and get it back for the Florida State and see if maybe Miami can find a way to get back into the top 10 of college football. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. I think that may have been the longest sports done right we've done. I want to thank everybody for joining in. John Fisher, Jungle Brother, Gary Joyner, the First Lady Angie Wright, my two favorite in-laws, my sister-in-law, Shannon Paul Bryant, my favorite brother-in-law, actually one of two of my favorite brother-in-laws, but I've known him the longest, uh, baby brother Jeff Paul like to thank everybody for checking out Sports Done Right. Tune in next week where we may have Angie in studio. And again, remember to follow me on Twitter at TheBigSmooth1. Again, the number one after the Big Smooth. So again, check that out at TheBigSmooth1. You can email me about the show at vman. V-M-A-N-N-3-1 at gmail.com. We'll take any suggestions you got. And as I've said before, we're working on that production value. So we really got a lot of fun things coming up in the future. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Please check out Cooking with the Microwave. And that's going to be coming up soon here. And Sports Done Right is the Vince Wright production. Looking for big things. And, oh, yeah, that ninja. Don't forget them ribs, man. We got to get them ribs going, brother, man. If not for presentation only. So, anyway, folks, great show tonight. A lot of good chat. We're going to go a little throwback here. Throwback uh, R&B style. And you know what? Uh, yeah, let's do. Yeah, let's do it. Why not? Oh, whoops. And again, we got to end the show with technical difficulties, of course, don't we? Anyway, folks, thanks again for listening. Keep it tuned next week for Sports Done Right, live from the Executive Mansion. I am Vince Wright, the sports governor. Thank you for listening. Have a great night and listen up for Cooking with the Microwave. 
And this weekend, please make sure you check out Jungle Brother and Jersey Vern's Real Cast podcast. Gary Joyner as well. And ladies and gentlemen, have a good night. is not in service at this time.